Colin, hey. how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Harry? Doing well. I'm excited. We were, uh, we, we had a little solo episode last time, but we managed to convince another guest to join the podcast, one of your uh, colleagues. So I'll let you uh, take it away and give him an intro. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have uh, Scott Paul here today. He's a longtime uh, angel investor uh, based in Utah and focused in Utah. Um, he's also a self-proclaimed startup comedian, uh, hair influencer, and a generally fun and irreverent personality. So I uh, I get a lot of uh, mileage out of your social posts personally so, <laughs> um, and following along. So other people should too, I hope. Uh, but he's also uh, founder and partner of Convoy Ventures uh, with Trent Mono, who uh, I've gotten to know. Um, but your Utah focus pre-seed fund um, going in early. Um, and that's how I got to to know you guys was through some of your marketplace investments and uh, some of the great founders you guys have backed. So awesome. Uh, yeah. Which one was it? What Do you remember what marketplace investment? Uh, it was, I'm, uh, Ruck. Um, Ruck. Was, oh yeah. Yeah. I just saw uh, a little. And also know, uh, neighbor folks, uh, neighbor, yeah. a lot of this. So yeah. Yeah. Ruck was up here. He, he, uh, Lee Chang, he was up here fly fishing, um, near my house yesterday. So I got to hang out with him. He's, he's one of a kind founder for sure. He's been, he's been coding. He, he, he didn't know how to code three months ago or four months ago. And now he's using chat GPT to, uh, or at least the uh, the coding version of that. I think it's called Codex or something like that. But he's been coding away a mobile app all by himself with uh, with little to no training, which is just so impressive to see founder do that. Oh, I love the hustle. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, some basic questions. Uh, just like you know, like we talked about, we really want to understand kind of your journey on the angel um, investing side of it, and then also really any wisdom you can impart with people. So. Um, so quick, so how many angel investments have you made in the past? Um, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've, I'm kind of lost count because a lot of it is like, there's so many I've been doing it for almost, let me think 2014. So coming on nine years and I, and the very beginning, what, what, what got me into it was, um, I sold a company and, you know, I had this like. I could either go out and do another one or I could take some of the winnings from that company and spread out the money to all these ideas that I had, but I can't execute on. And that was like, so that's kind of how it started is like, instead of like feeling like I can only do one idea, what if I invest in lots of ideas so I can kind of be a part of a lots of stories. And so it ended up, you know, I think the first year I did about five and then six and eight. And so it's totaled up to be about 70 or 80 investments over the last you know several years and that's ranging from as small as five thousand dollars up to um you know almost a quarter million so it's you know the range of of what i invest as an angel can can vary greatly but i would say the average check size is about twenty five thousand um for for these angel investments that i've made and uh i've did so many that i actually ran out of money I, (laughs) i i i i i could not i cannot help uh, myself, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an addiction because there's all these things you can put your money into. You can put it in real estate, you can put it in yield, you can put it into toys, you can put it into, uh, you know, savings account stocks, whatever crypto. I, I, I put every last dollar I could into, um, into startup ideas. And it, it was, uh, it was to the point where I just had no more dry powder. They, say to go and invest so that's 
that was a good part of starting the fund is I, I can keep my addiction to use other people's money. So that's what I'm doing with Trent now. <laughs> Scott, what uh, what percent of your net worth would you say, you know, when you kind of uh, finish your angel investing and moved onto the fund, what percent of your net worth had you put into angel investments? Oh, it's, it's, it's really well, free to think. Ballpark. Yeah, I know, it's I would, a little, but I would say, I would say close to a third okay. of all my net worth. That's including like real estate, crypto, yeah. everything. I have no money and I have almost $0 in like traditional markets, yeah. like stocks. And like, I want to be in the place where I know really well how the things work, how the, I yeah. want to know the founders personally. I want to, I want to, I just feel out of control if I'm giving my money to a, you know, an IPO stock that I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anyone on the board or what they're up to. And so that's pretty important to me that I, that I, you know, put my money where my mouth is. And I, I like to put, be in places where I feel like I understand the market. Very that's, cool. In that early stage, the angel checks, it's just a special time because you really, you really can just kind of, you can really be a pivotal part of their journey with just one little piece of advice sometimes, or that an extra, you know, they need an extra few thousand dollars. And it's like, that can make the difference of them going forward or not. And I just, I really like having that impact on, on startup ideas and, and companies. Is there a, like a certain stage style type that you look for? Like what's kind of like your pattern recognition for companies you like to invest in? Yeah, great question. Um, I think my favorite would be the um, like a team of two that have worked together in something else, and they're and that one of them's technical, and and then the other has like a really good biz dev kind of sales or marketing, you know, someone that can get the distribution out there, so strategy and distribution, and then someone can engineer and build the product, and that's that's like a dream come true. And someone that's had a little bit of success, tasted success in the past and knows how to hack systems, you know, knows how to not waste all their time on the less important parts of building a business. Cause there's just so many things when you start your business that are minutia that are just distractions. And, and in a lot of times that is what holds up and burns a lot of the time and money of these startup founders. It's just learning how to actually operate higher, do HR, figure out how to not just, uh, run into all the pitfalls that come with uh, being a, a business owner. So I like people that can kind of just stay on the track of like, here's the job to be done. Here's the here's the core thing that's going to make a difference and just plows straight towards that. And what uh, what sectors uh, do you like as far as uh, when it comes to your and investments? My favorite would be consumer tech. So consumer tech, a very risky, um, you know, so like those marketplace stuff, the an, an app. Um, uh, something that if it's, if they hit, if they hit it, it has, uh, a good chance of, um, being distributed widely and shareable and, you know, can almost trend if you will, because yeah. of the, uh, there's not a lot of friction to getting the product to market. Got it. And you mentioned that you like uh, early stage because of the impact that you can have and, you know, a few thousand dollars and all of that. Do you sort of think of it like strictly pre-seed seed or is it just on the earlier side is what you're kind of most interested in and where you it, think to me it's always impact. always been i've only invested in pre-seed seed. yeah um it's usually in fact usually by the time it's pre sometimes angels get to go along with like 
institutions on a on a pre-seed or seed deal. Mm-hmm. So I had to set both of those, like neighbor was that. But um, I like being before the institutions. I like to be the pre-seed. I like to be the first check. Uh, I like to be the person that takes that chance when no one else di- does. And and I have been wrong, you know, almost almost eight out of ten times. Uh, but those <laughs> those two have those two have covered the. Uh, you know, if you if you think, let's just say I have fifty live active investments, you know, kind of, that I've out of the eighty that are still kind of around. Probably only five or ten of those will actually materialize. Mm-hmm. But there's already a few in the portfolio that have paid for the entire, you know, game that I've been playing. That makes sense. You know, yeah, let's totally. Invest, let's say I invested a total of five million dollars into into startups. There's two companies who have already, you know, covered that um, for me, and so, uh, you know, well, that's a, that's actually at the current valuation, which means. <laughs> It could die. It could go away. But, but uh, paper, I'm betting good. on I'm betting on those those companies to you know, one or two of those to cover the entire game that I've been playing of 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 best betting on these startups, and that's and that's about average, honestly, for most of these funds and most of the angels is they're gonna have you gonna have to play a lot. You gotta have a lot of at bats. If the worst thing you do as an angel is do one, you know, less than ten deals, or less than five less than five you're probably going to just lose all your money and then never want to do it again if i stopped at my at, at my fifth or eighth or tenth deal i would have had a very bad experience with angel yeah i have so many good questions that come out of this but uh I, one that i always like to ask is how what is the fastest one of your deals has gone out of business um that's interesting you, you can name names too. If we won't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had, I've actually FTX, got we got my own startup. So the times I've invested myself and started something, <laughs> I've I've actually started and closed down an entity within a calendar year. Um, well, yeah, that's 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 happened before. But no, it's it's it can happen with under within under a year. And actually, actually love that because usually the founder moves on so in all those cases i've invested in those people that i went to business with i invest in their next thing i love when something gets moved moved on i what what the worst thing is is just these seven year you know holds that have don't update me don't give me any sign of momentum and they're basically they're basically in business but like on life support zombies that's the worst yes um, yeah yeah I, I, all right. So selfishly, I feel like this is something that I have been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, there's companies, it's like, how, how do you think about those companies? Like, do you write them off in your mind? Or it's like, some of them are still alive and kicking, but probably never going to have a venture, you know, type return. Some of them literally, you know, like the company doesn't exist, but they haven't quite dissolved it. Like when companies, you know, basically fail, like what, what's the actual mechanics that you've seen happen? Like, how do these companies dissolve and how do you think about it? Like as one of your angel investments? Yeah, we've actually, you know, so since I've only been doing this for like, what, eight, nine years, um, most of, if you think about venture investing, it's usually a seven to 12 year hold mm-hmm. before action starts happening in most companies, like for better or worse. So ones that, so there has been some that died along the way and, uh, hold on, the cancel the call. Um, there have been some that died, you know, prematurely and, and yeah, the way that they dissolve is pretty different and for tax purposes, you just kind of, you do want to kind of write it off, but it's yeah. like, they don't want to close it down because there's this chance that something will happen. There's no real yeah. need to always close 
something down, especially if you have a few users left, a little income. But you just get it to a point where it just kind of keeps going, and, and that's just not exciting. And so I have tried to. I haven't ever like written something off prematurely, but I have tried. And um, and and what I'll normally do is like if it's just something where I'll I'll even like sell my equity back to the company for like pennies just to like just hmm. to have a transaction where it's like hey give me 5k take my you know it's right it's like a 50k <laughs> investment yeah. that i'm now getting 5k back on but at least allows me to take a loss that year if i had wins and one thing i think is really important is i just had a conversation last night is i actually might read it while i'm talking to you guys it was one of these angel deals i did and it's 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 important to like remember there's humans behind all these things so yeah. i just my reputation as an angel investor is about important as the reputation of these founders as founders. Like you, you do not want to, I do not want to be listed in this like shark category where, you know, you're just brutal. One time I did get really, really impatient and really rude to one of the founders that I invested in. It was because he left and started another company and didn't really tell anyone and just left my investment high and dry after I just, wrote another 20k check and i was just like i just i just i'm on and make sure that everyone he that was working with him knew that he was a bad entrepreneur and yeah. like i went out of my way to call other people and angels and say like watch out for this guy and i think that's important to do that like i think we're supposed to like swarm and have group you know some type of group like uh information so we know how to avoid bad deals but i i went about it pretty immaturely and this was about three years ago and it took me a while to like forgive the guy and make up and and realize like it's just like you know he wasn't an entrepreneur at the end of yeah. the day that wasn't his skill and I, I i but he's still a good human and and has a family and everything and i i, I can't i shouldn't uh i shouldn't have acted some of the ways i did him yeah I, I think this is something that i've struggled with i've had a couple companies uh close down you know one recently and then another a few years ago and you know i was an advisor and or investor and i think the thing i struggled with was like i did, i feel like I had helped them a ton, you know, at the beginning of their journey and always been there for them. Call me anytime, text me anytime. And I feel like the this dissolution of the company had happened like really quickly without much heads up to me, without much notice. And I kind of go back and forth if it's selfish of me, like, hey, I'm not the one, you know, slaving day in, working 60, 70, 80 hours a week like they are. Like, I know they feel bad about it. And when companies go bust, you know, it's like a tough situation for everyone. Yeah. Like, do you think you know, entrepreneurs should sort of keep people like me more in the loop or is it just like, man, shit hits the fan and, you know, everyone's kind of just, you know, I, I haven't like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn to be honest in that situation. I think, I think, I think the goal would have, the goal should always be more communication. Yeah. I think in any relationship, anything that's like more communication. So both, I've both entrepreneurs, you know, the founders and the, and the angels and the VCs could all do better with having like some, some additional disclosure along the way. The best companies I've seen are the ones that do monthly updates that are just, they take the time to, to create storytelling and, and put people on their journey and they are succeeding tremendously. The ones that, that, that do that in the right way. Um, and, and, and mostly they succeed because people want to help uh, companies, founders that are having people come along with them and in their journey and then have asks and like and and wins and share those it's it's why we as angels invest it's like we want to be a part of something we're not we're not there's no way people are just doing angel investing for roi it can't it can't be that alone it's like there's much 
more passive, probably risk-free ways to get ROI. And so we want to be, yeah. we want to be there with the, on the story with you. And so companies that do really good updates and founders that do really good updates and angels that, you know, check in with founders, I think more communication always is, is, uh, is, is, is never a bad thing. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I think you guys said on a thread that there's like a large amount of emotion in this as well, as much as you think about it as a transaction or like I'm investing, but when you put your time and energy into it, you're, you're also saying I have an emotional investment in it. And uh, I think that's where the communication piece always hurts is when it's like, it's like a, a breakup where you didn't know it was coming. Right. It just yep. somehow is worse uh, than if you knew it was coming. So no, that's uh that's really interesting to talk about. Uh, so let me let me read something real fast. Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, it last the... night, ironically, at eleven thirty, I, I I told one of the, the investments that's just in zombie mode, doing taxes and curious if tro- um if oh yeah if trolley is still operating, not currently. He re- responds, should I write it off or will it make a comeback? I understand if you shut down, that's nature of startups. In hindsight, I should have. And now he's saying, in hindsight, I should have probably shut it down when COVID first killed it. It was so difficult to come back from that and no money or team and existing cap and the, with the existing cap table, it wasn't attractive to investors. Should I officially shut it down now? Question mark. What happens if I do something in the future? Would my investors think they deserve a piece of anything I do that's remotely similar to Trolley? Um, and I say, I think you should write a note to the investors. They should be fine if you shut down. If you do the same thing later using any of what Trolley has now, it may be sus. But I doubt that will be an issue. How you been? I was working in California. You know, just kind of like you're, yeah. you know, man. I'm checking in on you. I don't, you know, it's like you, you lost, you know, thirty thousand dollars of mine. I don't care. Like <laughs> that's the game I played. That's what I signed up for. It's just like that's that's uh, that's Angel. And I've got the point now where it's just like I have lost so much money giving it to friends and family, and it's and it's just like I knew knew from the beginning that that was the most likely outcome. To, so that I never let that get too uh, emotional for me um, as we're speaking. Because it's just like, you're in the angel game. If you have any any feelings that it's going to be anything but that, you know, watching watching your money burn, then yeah. you are not, you should not be playing angel. You should not even write a single check to, and that's why they have accredited investors only to be doing angels because you're going to lose and you need to be okay with you losing. You can't go get lawyers because some startup <laughs> founder lost your money. Like it doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah. So, you know, in all of this, I mean, you know, some great, some great war stories and some, some wounds and some scars here, which is awesome. You know, if you could go back and kind of looking at everything you've done, what advice would you give to, uh, Scott, uh, angel investing day one? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it would be just the advice of everything I've learned in the nine years I've done it, which is like, here, uh, like, don't invest in solo founders. Like those have all, those always want to go down. Don't um, don't invest in in a in a space you don't understand, or is just not a huge attra- uh, a you know a, a attainable market. Like the my first company I did was a massive check into a ski outerwear company. It was just like no, no. <laughs> like there's no metric with my current company convoy you did that one because you like to ski or (laughs) i I, I like to ski but it's just not a it's not it's not a market it's not a venture deal not an angel deal it's not a it's not a place where you're going to have a return if you do that you're doing it because you just you just like the person and and you want it 
you have enough money to just watch kids say goodbye. I mean, that's really what that was. And, but I was making, it was my first check. It was way too big. It was greater than hundred K. It was my first, I had allocated only 250 K to my first year of doing angel. And I burned most of it on <laughs> a deal. It was not even, was not even a good angel like investment by any standards. And so it's just like, I would have gone back with a little rule book of like my 20 lessons, like basically I would take what convoy ventures is doing, which my company right now, which, uh, just kind of our thesis and a model. And I would just have said, follow this for your angel investments and you will have, you will probably have a 300% greater, um, outcome, you know, and, 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 and cause at the end of the day, I do want returns. I don't want to be in a, in a cash tight. I would like to be able to have returns so I could keep investing in companies. And when you make bad bets, you can't do as much. And so that was the advice I'd give myself. But I, but at the same time, I know that I would not arrive where I have if I didn't have those hard lessons. So I don't want to cheat time and go back and cause a different experience than I had because the experience I had was perfect. Yeah, very cool. Well, I think uh, the last thing we wanted to ask you about, Scott, was uh, your transition to the funds. So if you can talk a little bit about kind of the uh, the impetus for transitioning to a fund and then maybe feel free to also share, uh, you know, kind of like what your check size is um, and kind of what you're focused on now with the fund and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, we still have, my wife and I are still running hyperactive capital as a, that was our kind of family office doing all the angel. So we still have that and there's, and I'll, I'm going to be coming into, um, additional funds here in the future. Cause I'm always active doing things. And so I, I plan to make a lot of angel investments. I just don't want to be a conflict of interest with convoy. So I'm kind of taking some time off to get convoy started. The transit, the transition was, um, Trent Mono is a community builder. He knows how to create great community. He knows all the founders here in Utah, basically. And between us, we caught Utah covered. And so we thought, what about doing this highly geo proximity or geo specific fund and, and let other people who have, don't have the time to do the hard knocks of angel, which is meeting with a ton of founders learning all these lessons that I've learned for nine years, yeah. why not just make a fund that allows them to participate in the stories, meet the founders, but not have to work and worry about any of the diligence, seeing any of the uh, hard stuff and, and just kind of like write a small check and, and write along with us. Um, but, but, you know, skip the, skip the stuff, mostly because these people are employed They're yeah. you know, their LPs are just not, they don't have the time. And so that's really what Convoy Ventures became was, we took all these, uh, you know, so a lot of these exited founders that maybe work on their next thing, but mm. want to give back to the community and they are most of our LPs. And then the founders, we, our thesis is to cut checks of about a hundred to $200,000 to two or three deals every month. And these are only in Utah and they're usually in the seed stage or pre-seed stage. Um, and we, we want to just be a prolific, uh, contributor to the ecosystem here by, by getting a lot of deals through very yeah cool. it's a special time that first check uh when you're you, when you need that money to kind of quit your day job that's a that's a hard check to get and we're and we're really easy we're one of the easiest like on the terms and everything mm-hmm. we kind of let people set the terms and do really simple agreements uh because we know that it's just like you just got to get one or two people usually two people focused on an idea yeah and not trying to do this you know, side hustle all the time. And once, so we really, we really want to get you out of that day job and into the, 
into that full-time founder position, which you get to really crack on, crack down on the problem that you want to solve. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I've actually, uh, don't think I've been to Utah in a while, but um, I, I, I'm curious about the focus on Utah. Is it because of the community that you built there or because you live there and you kind of want to support the entrepreneurs and the, the network there, or is there a little combo of both? Um, it's pro- it pro- Utah is probably leading in so many indicators. And so, and it just doesn't, so it's like, it's a good bet as a geography mm-hmm. and the proximity for the LPs and the founders to be able to do community related things to learn from yeah. each other. So our fund doesn't have, like, we don't have a ton of, um, uh, people that can give you expert advice inside our fund. Like it's just be Trent, I, and a few interns. We don't have a huge payroll or team, but what we have, which is unstoppable is you know, coming up on a hundred LPs who are mostly local experts in tons of industries yeah. will meet with our founders in person, grab that lunch, be at an activity. And, and it, that's, that's happening almost biweekly. Yeah. That's cool. very, very hard to do in any other fund. That's not geospecific. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. You can get on zoom calls and stuff, but that's just not the same. We're out, we're out yeah. doing activities all the time, dinners, meeting, and the collisions that can happen and, and the value of our fund outside of just the money, the check we write, yeah, I, I think is a second to almost none when it comes to the the external benefits of having your uh, an LP base that wants to help right there that has expertise in that in the area that you're in. So I I think that's why Utah and and I don't think we'll change that for a bit because there's just a proliferation of companies here as well. So if, if we didn't have options to invest in, we'd have to go outside. But we're we're uh, we have actually too many still. <sighs> Yeah, I, you know, I uh, I worked at Ancestry.com like a, a long time ago now, um, but I worked out of the San Francisco office and got to travel to uh, Provo like pretty much monthly. And so the diaspora of people that came out of that has been really just fun to watch. And that's kind of been my front row seat for a lot of the, the Utah uh, companies and also another connection I had to Utah. And uh, yeah, I think it's one of those like hidden gems where there's like a, been a lot of decent sized exits um, and companies that are kind of like the bulwarks of a lot of things. Like I look at like Adobe Omniture now, uh, you know, things like that, Vivint, uh, Ancestry, you know, a lot of companies there that you just didn't, you know, don't really think about. Um, yeah. And it's been really fun and exciting to see, you know, specifically from my vantage place for the marketplace side, just all the one, all of them popping up. It's been, it's just like an entrepreneurial spirit uh silicone slopes right um yep it's silicone hills there in uh in austin here or whatever but uh, i these like you know i wouldn't call them like second tier markets but these like nascent markets like uh, austin uh salt lake slash utah like are just really interesting to to watch now having been in silicon valley for you know 10 plus years um and uh, i think they're having their day and they're really the only markets growing uh, in terms of like employment and things like that so fun time to be angel investing there yeah, it's a good time, and it's um, you know I th- I think we're I think we're changing, and we're just finished our first year of being a fund, and what we often say like okay, this is what we went out with, and we've learned a lot, and things will change, and I see a day and age where we make a few a uh, few changes to like the, s- the size of the fund, the stages we invest in, maybe going out a state a little bit, um, so all that can change, but for right now, we definitely picked what we think is was the perfect focus and thesis for the fund and uh, it's working it's not broken <laughs> yeah. well that's good to hear 
Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, I think if we've got any Utah entrepreneurs out there, you'll be uh, you'll be hearing from them for sure. So um, I'm sure you've got to hit the slopes, but we've got a couple uh, trending Twitter threads that we're going to hit. One of them is actually about investor updates. So if you want to stick around for that, Scott, you can. Otherwise, we'll uh, let you go. Yeah. We'll leave it up to yeah. you. Yeah. You want to stick around? Yeah, I'll stick around. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, let's start with that one. Um, so Alex Lieberman, one of the co-founders of Morning Brew, a couple of weeks back, asked, what should a founder do to write an exceptional investor update? Um, before I lead into you, Scott, I just noticed one of the top posts was from someone I went to high school with, Emmett Shear, who's uh, one of the founders of Twitch. He just said, be growing fast with good unit economics, and then just send whatever update you want. <laughs> um, and uh, I, you know, as as uh, tongue in cheek that is, it it is like one of those like classic things that success you know covers a lot of sin, um, in terms of like you know maybe not being as frequent or things like that. But I do uh, you know personally, I really do enjoy getting the monthly updates. I do sometimes feel that that's almost too much. Uh, yeah, to get a yeah. Bigger. Monthly monthly is too much. Honestly, I think quarterly is um, probably if you're growing fast and doing well. I think monthly, like the first year of taking money, I think monthly is almost a good accountability strategy. Yeah. Just doing that. And then probably after like a year, you can kind of move to quarterly. And once you kind of get a cadence that works for you, some people are just better at doing it than others too. Like they, they, they really look forward to doing monthly. Some look, but, but where I would not be is zero ever. And, and, and it's just like, if you're growing a ton and you don't even have time to do monthly updates, which is awesome. Just tell, just show us the metrics. Like, growing, our eyeballs are blown out. We just hired seventeen new people. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. don't care. That's a good enough update. Here. It's like I would rather see that than any any other massive email with a ton of charts and anything. Just tell me your your guys are blazing quickly ahead. That's great. I think uh, I definitely am with you. I like to see early on, you know, I like that first year or two monthly updates uh, seems like a good cadence. And then, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work to do to these updates for the founders too, right? So I would almost prefer them building and, you know, running the company. So eventually switch to quarterly. Um, I do think I kind of like Emmett's comment though, that like, you know, at the end of the day, like, what do we all care about? It's like the end result, right? So it's sort of like balancing those updates with like, hey, if this is taking a lot of time, don't do it and focus on the company. But have you noticed any trends, Scott, like, you know, companies that have, you know, maybe fallen, you know, they send out monthly and quarterly, and then all of a sudden you stop getting them for a year or two, and they're out of business. Has that like happened over and over to you? Or have you noticed any trends with the updates that, uh, you know, are kind of like red flags now? It's funny you ask that. Um, because we, I, I don't pay attention enough to like, you know, put some updates and some like pivot table and try to see some analysis of that. But we were doing that and um, we're doing that with Convoy and we're and Trent is really good at. So I think within a year, I'll be able to tell you some interesting trends mm -hmm. on on communication from founders. Yeah. And uh, and what I think needs to happen is honestly, someone there. It's almost like there's a missing product there. Yeah, where the updates every every update's a little bit different, and every update's got you know it's got it's time consuming, it's kind of bespoke. It would be really neat to get you know just a uh, a founders app that's like almost voice to text or just like ask questions and you just kind of yes no, and that produces some type of just some temperature, right? Something yeah. that we really need to look at my whole portfolio and have some some temperature gauge on each one of them, some momentum yeah. gauge. And 
nothing like that exists without a lot of digging or without, you know, taking the updates and then putting them into your own biometrics that you want for spreadsheet, like, Asana, a yeah. combo of products. Yeah. So there's a missing product there for sure, but I don't have I, I think you're giving that. like every investor headache nightmare right now because we're all like oh shit we do this you know i take these updates i have like a rule in gmail that i try to put them into an investor update folder you know i have yep. a note like anytime i make a new investment i put a reminder to like check in in two months to make sure they've added me to the yeah. update list because sometimes you know especially i'm a smaller check often and so a lot of times it's like they forget to add me to the yep. investor update so it's like yeah i kind of this could be a good idea for someone out there listening yeah the you know the thing that i always i always like talk to founders about because i work with a lot of them is like you, you got to have a north star and i find that like most like and you just even from a metrics point of view they don't have that at the top of the um other investor updates like are you are you are you doing the thing that you thought you would do are you influence like are you saving people time are you getting them more vacation or you whatever it may be right are you saving them money and like that to me is like the metric i want to watch like all the time is like is that going up is that improving is it growing faster and it just always feels like that that's never like there. And uh, it kind of comes back to this thing that like, like whenever you ask uh, like founders, like what's your revenue? And if you don't start with a number, like that's bad, right? Like if you start with like anything other than a number, like I'm going to be inherently skeptical. And I feel like it's the same thing with like your investor updates. Like if you don't just start with the numbers, like I'm like, okay, where are these? If they're all the way at the bottom after a lot of, uh, you know, Fluffery. Fluff. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna be like, okay, I need to like think about this harder. I need to watch this more. Like it's yeah. to me, it's just like even if they're bad, just being straight up front with what it is and just hitting you in the face, like these are what they are. This is the burn. This is the revenue. Whatever it is, it's just so important. Like and just like even without even the other context, I what you do need to provide. Um, I just it's just important to level set up front. I don't know. That's my two cents on the on that. I I would love to know like you made me think like in in like marketplaces like when i i don't hear from neighbor anymore i wish i did but you know they're they're big they're series b they're doing their own thing i can text i can text them anytime yeah. and say guys how's biz right and just they'll probably throw me a what they sent their series b investors because i know they're sending stuff to somebody out there they've got Andreessen and other big investors but what i'd want to know on like any moment it's just like and maybe this is privy they can't share this but i kind of want to know how many people are using neighbor like how many neighborly transactions have they had how many things are sitting in these like like i don't even care about the revenue number it's just like are more more of the human beings sharing their stuff inside of another person's house than they were the month before like are we growing as a as a are we growing the thing you guys set out to do is that are we becoming more of a, a sharing economy via neighbor? And and so marketplaces like that, that's what I kind of want to know. Is like you guys set out to create a marketplace. How What's the health of that marketplace? Just, you know, one yeah. number. I don't care about anything else. Like, is it? And, and I, I mean, I'm I, sure I, a lot of times, you know, you walk into a startup, they've got the big TVs and the boards, you know, tracking the KPIs, like, in, yeah. you know, for people that walk in. So I'm sure they've got something they could share. Oh, I know they do. I just think, yeah, they might be a little more afraid of like sharing outside of their walls i have there's a company in london i invested in that does uh esports betting so it's a it's basically like DraftKings or that you know for for uh esports and yeah. i love getting their updates when they come in because they show me all the previous you know months and 
and they show me how much like the gamble the betters took out of the system because that's the thing they're up against is like they're the house and they they can lose and i just and that, that one like really lets me see like wow esports betting is growing and uh but they're also learning as a company how to not you know lose all the their 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 uh their funds through you know there's there's truly people that can out gamble the house sometimes and so it's that one's really fun for me to see because it's very n- number centric and it's very much like betting on uh a, I don't I just like it's like owning a casino and I that's the only one I've done anything like that and it's really fun to fun to watch their metrics but yeah I I, I think of telling your story in an update and keeping the uh keeping the pre, pre- uh you know the previous month there of quarters and yeah and just letting people uh see your story uh as as if it's chapters right like you should be writing chapters of a book that's written like that's just got you like almost like silicon valley on hbo it's just like let make me get to the next episode and and uh do it with humor do it with like human yeah. humanity like it should not be it's you could you could go on the offensive with updates and kick some ass and i'll tell you there's one company that does that and his name's trevor mckendrick and he's a He's a writer by nature, and his company is called Sace. It's a it's a, a bank, a mobile bank for the Spanish speaking population in the United States, and oh. they are on a tear. Um, that's just one of those that will make up my whole fund, right? Um, that's just like in you. What he does better than anyone, communication, hundred hmm. percent, an excellent communicator and a storyteller and a leader, and 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 that's his uh, superpower. And I think it, he, like people are trying to fight to get in his deal versus like him having to beg yeah right? it's a, yeah it's like a marketing tool in some sense yeah. like if you uh you, you can lever it that way uh, yeah i mean I'm, I'm on here in this thread right now i'll, I'll leave a link to this in the show note because there's a good template from this guy daniel gross i don't know who he is i don't know if you guys know him but uh he has sixty three thousand followers and he's only following one person so i feel like that's like <laughs> legit okay right there and then he's got this huge uh template in notion that has some really good advice and that's one of the things he says it's kind of like following marketing uh, let's see who he's following. Actually, um, who do you, th- do you want to take a guess? Who it might be? Following Scotty Coin? No, it's yeah, right. <laughs> um, I can't even begin to guess. He's following G W E R N Gwern, which is a locked account. Internet Besser Wiser Watashi Kitinoramasu. Something I think that's in Japanese or some other language. So this guy's an interesting yeah. guy, but his <laughs> his uh, template for investor updates is really valuable, and all these people are recommending it in there. And there was one other comment that I wanted to mention before we uh, closed out this topic. It was from Turner Novak, another good uh, Twitter uh, meme VC king. And he says, giving individual shout outs to people is huge. You know, thank you, Scott, for the intro to this person. You kind of motivate people to get their name listed on every email. And I kind of thought about it. I was like, oh, shit, that works really well. Because like whenever I don't see my name listed in those updates, I'm like, oh, I got to do something for them next month. So I get that little shout out. So I kind of like that quick uh, advice from Turner. That is that. And I would say that Trevor at SACE does that with perfection. Yeah. Like, yes. And then not being in the shout out on LinkedIn or somewhere or in the thread, you know, as a, as a, a non-helpful investor, it's like, wait a second. Like it actually causes a stir. He's, he's caused such a stir with his updates. Cause it's like, Trevor, wait a second. Why didn't I get that? Like people are fighting to be like recognized. I'm like that you're doing something right. If you're, if you're having people fight over your uh, investor update mentions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think, uh, that's all for today, Scott. Appreciate it. Anything else, uh, Colin? No, I think that's good. I'm Scott. I'm really, you know, 
thanks for coming on. I would love hearing the stories of people and how they got here because I, I think that's the the piece that we all relate to, the human part is, you know, trying it out um, and uh, learning along the way. So appreciate yeah. that. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing about more of your investments. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks for uh, having me on and look forward to uh, being able to share it once you guys publish. Cool. All right.